I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Metal Shop here on 99.9 KISW. We are backstage at the historic Showbox Soto with Jamie Josta from Hatebreed. How's it going, man? Very good. Good to see you guys. Yeah, the tour's been great so far. We made our way quick uh, to the Pacific Northwest. We only did like a week of shows and we're already out here. So, But it was good. We started in Buffalo. Went to Lawrence, Kansas, and then we had a travel day, and then we did Denver, and then Boise, and now we're here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Spokane was fun too, but that was no Guar. Yeah. That was just us. Yeah, Guar went and did a festival. I don't. Spokane needs shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, I was happy people remembered us because sometimes in the smaller cities, if you're not like played on the big commercial rock station, or if you're not playing the big festival the radio festival or whatever it's harder for them because there's you know it's just less they get less shows sometimes it can be good sometimes it can be bad but for us i think it worked out pretty good we hadn't been to spokane in years but we you know that's a place we played with slipknot played with slayer played with soulfly i mean we played with typo negative played with black label but just that was when we were touring every year now it's like every other year or every two years they still remember they did. It was it was not bad. I was surprised, and I you know because I told I was telling people like in those weird spots, see the bands that you can see when they come through yeah. because you know you never know. Yeah, the 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 venues can burn down and shit. promoters leave town and like we had that in Boise where the venue burnt down. And we were lucky that they gave us another venue, this place called Revolution Concert Hall or something. We thought the show was going to be just canceled. And it turned out all right. There was probably 500 people there. I was like, and it was good. Like, they were aged. But we were going to have a night off. And then we would have never went back. Once the club burns down, then it's like, all right, it's bad mojo, you know? Yeah, exactly. All right, well, you're back here in the Northwest. You talk about Spokane, Seattle. What's your favorite Northwest band of all time? You can name a couple if you have to. Bands that maybe not around anymore, bands that are still around. doesn't matter. Favorite Northwest bands? Um, you know, I was just talking about this. Who was I talking about this with? I think it was with Frank. Uh, because I was saying that my favorite Northwest band was probably Heart. Nice, dude. Yeah. And uh, and then we were talking about, wow, you know, Heart really had such an influence on not just the rock and metal, but like even punk and like uh, all different styles of music. Yeah. You can hear some of the influence, but, um, you know, there's there's a lot. I, I, there, I mean, we were just talking about Warl Dane oh, and yeah. we were talking. R.I.P.? Yeah, rest in peace, Warl. And I was in Brazil, and I, you know, I had Warl on my podcast twice. But back in the day, like we would have Nevermore on Headbangers. I would go see them play. Um, like I would go see them play at like Worcester Metal Fest. Like they don't like Nevermore. That lane is open right now for someone to start like a Nevermore sounding band. Yeah. And that could be like its own lane because it kind of. I mean, you're right. There's a, there's a whole new there. Yeah. I mean, 
they're, they're, they were like pre-metal core. They were too metal for the metal core thing, and then they, but they weren't like classic metal enough for the classic metal thing. It was like a weird in between. Kind of proggy. Proggy. Yep. Yeah. No. Like they. Queensrÿche is doing really well right now. Oh yeah. And with the, with Todd in the band and like that's a tour I could see if if Nevermore was still around I could see them going out with the new Queensrÿche yeah. and killing it. But yeah. Well, that's a good. Is Northwest Northwestern yeah. from Bellevue. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, but if you want to go like core or like I don't know punk. I mean, I just saw Greg from Trial when yes. I was in Europe. No way. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him at some festival. I probably complained to him about <laughs> the, the, the the terrible uh, the terrible accommodations at the festival, and he was probably like, "Joss is going soft on me." No, I don't know. <laughs> well, I saw him yesterday. He was talking to because he came into my office and he was talking about because he runs 100 for Haiti, and they just had another big earthquake down there. So he was trying to get a lawyer involved so they could because they work with sexual assault survivors and they're trying to build roofs and trying to educate kids. So. Uh, I didn't know you were friends with Greg, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we did a tour. Um, we did a tour with. I think I booked the tour. I forget what the deal was. Like we did a tour. It was like it was Hatebreed and Trial, and then I was interning. I think at the time I was I was interning at a booking agency, and I was trying to explain. None of those guys are in this lineup. Actually, Chris is in this lineup. I think from that time. But don't quote me on that. It might have, right. We might have done it as a four-piece with Ian from Blood for Blood uh, filling in on bass. I don't know. But anyways, I, so, I, so I remember explaining to those guys in the Hapri lineup at the time that there's like, there's venues that will allow heavy bands to play. It's just usually not bands from the punk and the hardcore scene. It's more like metal. And I said like if we, you know, because it was a hard tour, it was... We played in a garage in El Paso. We yeah. played in uh, we played in a mechanics like uh, yard. I mean, we like it wasn't like and you know we grew up going to shows like at Toad's Place or we would go to shows at like VFW Hall. And yeah. you used to uh, book a skate park, right? Yeah, yeah, skate parks. So, but even that was hard. You couldn't. There was no skate parks that would hold a concert in some of the area. So, yeah, I, I was saying, well, like, no offense to like trial or those styles of bands i mean they're great bands but promoters weren't exactly clamoring to book us to bands we had to play for free or we had to do a door deal and then you know you go oh how many people pay they go seven people paid and it was so how much so it's 14 dollars for the two bands so you'd have stuff like that that was happening and um you know it would be like god maybe one day we'll be allowed to play at like a venue with a stage a with a pa <laughs> right. like with where where you would like where you have a monitor board and you could you could hear the guitars through the monitor could, that'll never happen right. dude never, yeah. <laughs> and so like that was a lot of that tour um you, you know was was that but yeah we did a whole yeah we did a tour with trial you know, uh, I mean, while we're talking about some old school stuff and foundational music, like one of our favorite questions to ask everybody is like, when you're young and a, and a kid in formative eras, like what was a light bulb moment for you? Was there a specific moment you can think back and remember a record, maybe a show that somebody took you to, older sibling or whatever, that the light bulb went off and you're like, I got to be a part of this. Like, I really want to do this. Music. Uh, 
it was the reverse. It was we got thrown out of a Fugazi show for moshing and stage diving. And so then it was like the reverse light bulb. It was like, wow, I don't want to have anything to do with this. So that was like, I was just talking about this on one of my podcasts with, I think it was the show with John Joseph from Chromags because in a weird way, that like moment of being like, well, wow, they don't like the aggression. I was like, I thought they were in minor threat. I thought it was all aggression, like, but they had gone past that. Yeah. Now I totally see where they're, they were coming from. Now I agree with them. <laughs> so I came circle, full maybe. circle. So I got to get a hold of Ian McKay, McKay, McKay. I got to get a hold of him and be like, man, I thought you were the biggest dick, but you were right. It's like with Lars. Right, it was like with Lars. Lars and Napster. Yeah, we, we, I remember, I remember coming out and being, it was right after Metallica was on Headbangers Ball and being like, well, you know, for us, for a band like at our level, we just like the exposure. My late, the guy at my label was like, you f***ing idiot. You would have had a gold record. Perseverance would have a gold plaque on the wall if it wasn't for Napster. They, they pirated hundreds of thousands of copies. You might even have a platinum record. I go, oh man, really? I could have showed my mom a gold record? So if anybody wants to go to whatever's left of Best Buy, if, if you have a Best Buy, if you could find Perseverance, go buy it. It's getting close. It, it might oh, yeah? creep. Maybe by 20 years, it'll creep. Be awesome. There's a silver platters down the street, so we can go pick it up at silver platters. It, but we need. But here's the problem: we need everybody to buy like four. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. But um, but yeah, like yeah. So then we made these shirts. When I first started the podcast, we made these shirts that said Lars was right, and they sold out in a day. And nice. now I go places where I see dudes in bands wearing them. Nice. Lars was right. Yeah, because we could have. We could have, if we were smart, we could have protected our intellectual property like the video game companies did, or we could have started our own streaming services and got ahead of the curve. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So you uh, obviously are doing uh, music full time on the tour uh, with Hatebreed. You do Josta, um, and then you're also you work with D Snyder. Um, but then. You know, you're touring and doing your podcast. How do you record your podcast, like, on tour? Do you do it on tour with, like, a laptop? Yeah, yeah. I used to have a whole setup with mic stands and mics and a Focusrite preamp and everything. But now I'm just uh, – I made it more, like, travel-friendly because I can – now that we have a real network and I have an ownership stake in the network, like, we actually have a real budget so I can fly on the off days and do shows. So I oh, did awesome. – yeah, I did. I'm, I'm actually just confirmed Jakey Lee, which I'm excited about. I'm going to Vegas on the off day to get him on the podcast you know and that's why i say like you know people will hear these interviews and they'll go oh yeah you know it's all about the money this and that you know you would have had a gold record without napster but it really we do we don't do podcasts and make music to to make money we do we make money to make more music and more podcasts and so you know when you when you start to share in your own ad revenue like i never got to share an ad revenue on headbangers and um, but now I do and, and I share in subscriber revenue and things like that. So now it's like we even asked, we even added video content to the network, um, did a little pilot show and we're doing another episode of the show and, and we're doing video episodes. So really it just, it gives you options, right? And it gas digital. Yep. And we just signed Andrew W, uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Nice. Almost said Andrew WK. That'd be cool too. Yeah. Hey, Party he's podcast. Hey, open offer. If he wants to come to the network, I just, I just, uh, traded message with, with him actually. Cause I thought he'd be a really cool guest. 
for episode 400. Um, but I ended up getting Jonathan Davis, which was fascinating. We got deep into like astral traveling in the spirit world and all sorts of crazy spacey shit. And that was, and, and I couldn't have done that without like subscribers and sponsors. Because even just in the same town, you know, he's like, I can't do it till midnight. Then it's like, all right, I got to get a hotel. I got to get a, I got to get runners. Then the runner's not available. I got to get Ubers. Then I got to get a taxi back because there's no Ubers. It's a full production. It was a, it was a whole night. I mean, I was exhausted yeah. for the one hour fucking episode. Yeah. I could, I was like, man, I don't know how people do it. It's, and then parking and then, you know, it's, yeah, it's getting into the venue. They're giving me a hard time and I'm not that guy. So I just go, well, I was in a band. I played down the street and then they're like, oh, we're sorry, dude. And I'm like, well, this is how you treat like a, a normal, like journalist coming to interview the dude. Yeah. So I, I, I feel for you guys, like, and everybody having to do it. Cause I'll get people, I'll, I'll do podcasts where the where the guest has no idea who I am or what I do or what the show's about. And, and it's like, Oh my God. It's like, Jesus. It's like, and then I, and I, then I'll do a podcast with a huge celebrity with millions of Instagram followers. It's so easy. Well, I just hit up directly and I go right to their house and it's so simple. (laughs) Right. Right. But then you get like some no name band who has a publicist and I, or they're like hot in like, you know, there's, they're like, oh, they're on Alternative Press. I'm like, I haven't, no offense to Alternative Press, I haven't seen an issue. Yeah, where is that? Hot here. Topic? But do you know what I mean? Like a band like yeah. that, that's probably a big deal. Yeah. It's meaningless to me, but it's a big deal to them. And they, so they think they're a big thing. And then you're waiting. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, the whole, whatever. I don't want to get into the whole Sure. So you, there's bands like that that are totally cool. Like I did Andy from Black Veil Brides, and yeah. he was totally cool. And he's probably on every cover of that. That's one thing about your podcast is like sometimes I'll, you know, I listen to all your podcasts and sometimes I'm like, I don't really like this band, but I'll listen to it and I always get something from it. Sometimes I'll just like laugh at their ridiculousness or I'll just love the conversation and I gain a, I might not like the music, but I'll gain a new appreciation for that person. And I always like, I like you breaking the fourth wall with the business. We, as fans, you know, we just go to the shows, we see you guys and then, but we get to also get a kind of behind the scenes of the business. Is that... Was there any pushback uh, about from like any of your people about like actually getting into all that kind of stuff? Well, yeah, because if a band's not run a certain way, and then a member of that band hears it and then brings it up, it can cause drama. But I mean, hey, that's the deal you get into. If you're, you know, you sh- if you don't like the deal, I mean, we we're just talking about this with a big, with a major band, a huge band, who didn't get one of the original members back, and. Um, you know that that person ended up ended up on my show. We didn't really get into it about the the business end, but his stuff was already publicized, and I heard from various people that it kind of ruffled feathers. And I was like, "But we didn't even really get into it. He already got into that stuff on other shows." So, but you, yeah, you become complicit in certain things, or you become like this catalyst. But um, but it's fine. I mean, I I used to love like some of my favorite bands growing up and this is even I even I have to be careful about how I say things because then I, people hear it and they get upset but some of my favorite bands they torpedoed their own careers and it's and even though it's no secret by me saying that they get mad because all I did was learn from their mistakes okay well let me not do this and let me not treat this person like this and let me not do that and meanwhile it's 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 no offense to them you you helped us you helped a lot of bands should we be able to talk about that candidly and openly 
Yeah, I'm but sure not to. yes. <laughs> hey, thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. And so, and then you know, and but but there's something to be said about a lot of those bands where the legend follows them and um it was too real and it was too crazy and the party was 10 times harder than any other party and and more power to them because they'll go down in infamy i'm just not trying to do that i'm trying to go down with a retirement plan and some sort of shred of health and i you know like we a guy here tonight I'll tell you a quick story. A guy here tonight, he probably doesn't want me to say, I never say his name on my podcast because he's asked me politely not to say his name. But he's, he's, he worked for Prince. He's worked for Guns N' Roses. He's worked for the biggest of the big. And, um, you know, he'll say what you want about Axel, right? But he says, you know, Axel does things a certain way and it's why he's still on top. It's why his voice is still in tip-top shape why he can go do stadiums with ACDC and go do stadiums with GNR. Now, back in the day, I love, don't get me wrong, I love Duff. I love Steven Adler. I had them both on my podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I would have loved to them to be in the band the entire time. But that's not how the business end worked out. I forget what was public, but they got bought out, basically, right? And then he got to use the name and go, I forget what the exact story is, but that's the gist of it, Right. Now, 20, 30, 25 years later, whatever, they get back together. It's a huge payday for everybody. Everybody rides off into the sunset and all bygones be bygones. And that's a happy ending, right? For the most part. Right. And with the exception of Steven and Izzy, which we don't, you know, Steven, I don't really, I love Steven, but I don't know if he would have been able to do three hours. He, he could have. And, and, and we want to think he could. I mean, I saw him do an hour with his band, and he yeah. ripped it, and he did all the songs great, and he was tight. I mean, it would have been great to see him come out and just do Appetite. But that's a long Guns N' Roses set, dude. Three, Three hours. That's a, a serious... Yes. <laughs> right. So, in hardcore and punk rock, we don't usually see happy endings like this. Even with this Misfits thing, I don't know. We don't know. We'll see. Right, but this is 30 years they didn't play together. They weren't friends. It was lawsuit upon lawsuit. I'm not trying to have all that in my life, right? Mm -hmm. So does that mean I don't get to the arena level or I don't get to the uh, dead at 27 infamy level or whatever? That's, you know what I mean? So it's all relative on, on how you look at it, but you guys are consistent. Right, it's like slow and steady wins the race. But so he, we were talking about Prince today and I was telling him about a sound check we were at. And I've told this story probably on my podcast, but you know, he was telling me just about how mean Prince was to him. And I'm like, not to speak ill of the dead because he, he can't defend himself. So he's, you know, I don't say too much of it. But um, you know, I think of things like that and I'm never, I'm not a, ever gonna be viewed at the talent level of, or the genius level as someone like a Prince. But I'm also hopefully not going to be viewed as like the worst dickhead who was so <laughs> like shitty to the guitar tech or the local loader or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I do. Maybe some of it was drugs, too. And, you know, we'll we'll tell these sort of behind the scenes stories to go back to your question. It's just that then, you know, management will call or a lawyer will call. I had a lawyer straight up call me and say, this band was not offered this to or this is a lie. You need to edit this out. And, you know, so it's just. Because of your podcast? Yeah, because oh. I had someone who was a little inebriated say something oh. about a tour, and it wasn't, it was like, 
it was embellished. But uh, and as we know from the CM Punk podcast, podcasts can be uh, put in in lawsuits. Yes, yes. And so you gotta be so anything, everything is allegedly. So allegedly, exactly. Prince, allegedly, Prince was. Um, you know, just a dick to this guy <laughs> who also worked for us at one point in time. But he was he was telling me, you know, how he was saying like when he first started working for me, I would always eat the end of the bread, and I would I would eat the last piece. And and I, he goes, why do you always eat the bread? There's all these loaves of bread. And I go, well, that's how you you could tell who's from money and who isn't. Someone who eats the like the butt of the bread, I used to have to eat the butt of the bread. I, I, I wait in line for government cheese. I don't know if you guys had government cheese out here, but we had it where we go get bread and milk and cheese. And we, I mean, I used to get beat up for having food stamps. So like, I'm not trying to be poor. There's no fucking glory in being poor. And so now that I have money, no punk rock guilt for in you, right? Right. right. So now that I have money, I'm like, I'm trying to do the right things to ensure. Like, I never got a car when I was 16. I had, I got like a $200 car that broke down, and I bought my daughter a car when she was 16. I have her college all saved for. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. Be out of my dream. So if that means that, you know, you might ruffle some feathers. I'm just saying, maybe someone will take this. Maybe the next kid will take it and use it and not make the same stupid mistakes. So yeah, a publisher, a predatory publisher is gonna be mad at the podcast because I'm gonna tell the kids, don't sign away your publishing. Don't give some idiot 50% of your publishing who's never gonna do anything. It's because you give a shit and like, because you've seen it. So you're also being that guy who allows a, an appropriate use of experiences you've had to pass along maybe a little level, level of knowledge to some of these up and comers. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, is that one of your goals with your podcast? I mean, obviously it's really good. We both listen to it all the time. But I see you passing along knowledge to these younger bands too. And I almost see like eye-opening moments, even through audio for some of these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's already paid itself back in a form of bands that I know are going to be bigger that will then return the favor. I mean, it, it happened for Hapri with Slipknot. It happened for Hapri with Disturbed. It happened for Hapri with System of a Doubt. Um, Slipknot, we saw, we met them before they were signed. They were in the front row at our show at Harry Mary's in Des Moines. They gave us that's awesome. So you know what I mean? And yeah. and and they're like, you guys are on tour, and they're like, we're gonna sign a Roadrunner. We were like, holy, shit, that's big. We we're like, yeah. We were like jokingly, like if you ever get big, take us on tour. <laughs> they did. <Thank> you. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like it's so it's a cyclical power. And then there's like the kid that you know is opening for you one day, like on, on Danzig, hey, on Danzig Six Feet Under, Hapri Disturbed, Disturbed was the opener. So yeah. later, you know what I mean? Later on, um, when, when um, like the Guitar Hero stuff was really, really big and hardcore became like a really dirty word and people didn't want to go to the shows and people were like, Hapri, fuck that, I'm not going to that show. Disturbed put us on their off day shows and we got to play to like two, 3,000 people a night and whatever, it's only five or six shows. But we still play those cities where we play with them, and people go, I remember seeing you. I, remember, I was there. And they go, I was and, 16 at that show. Right, and they go, now I like uh, Judge and Agnostic Front and all these like bands that they, we were the gateway band. So it, that's, that's how it happens. I just did a Josta, I did a Josta show in, uh, in a tour in Europe, and I took Dino as a special guest because Dino was one of those people who was cool to me back in the day 
uh, Fear Factory played to- Toast Place and other, I won't say what other bands, but other dudes like blew me off, wouldn't take my demo, wouldn't talk to me. Dino did. Now Dino's not playing with Fear Factory. They're dealing with some stuff behind the scenes. And I said, what are you doing? You're sitting home. Come with me. I'll pay you. Come out and just, nice. I'll pay you to come on the bus, hang out. We'll do live podcasts. And then you come out and do four Fear Factory songs. Crowd went crazy when he would come out. So it's all comes around, you know, like. It's all about relationships, man. That's that's the point. So that leads me to my next question, and we've co co opted coined this term from you, the term Punisher. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so it's uh, I, what would you? How did you describe that? Somebody who just kind of corners you. You have a lot of Punishers in the Pacific Northwest. You See have the highest density of Punishers. Really? Yeah. Okay. And this is, you have a multiple. We are Punishers. We're just paid Punishers. No, no, <laughs> no. You guys, you guys aren't Punishers. You, I'm talking about. See, you have multiple t- styles and types of Punishers. You have the train hopping Punisher. Yes. You have the- The crusty Punisher? The crust Punisher, Punkisher. The crust Punkisher. Then you, On the corner. Yep. You have the backpack wrapper Punisher. Oh, yeah. I don't know what happened, but you guys have like the one of the craziest, most condensed like area of backpack rap fans selling you five dollar cd on the corner yep you have the tech um uh the the tech space punisher who's like has a startup sees a tour bus thinks because you're in a tour bus you might want to invest in his startup so waits outside the tour bus then you also have wow, I've not heard that one. Tech Punisher. Yeah, Tech Space Punisher. You also have yeah, the you have the hiking Punisher. Like you're just trying to go on a hike, and now they want to talk to you for thirty minutes, right. and you're trying to be alone with nature. Right. Hiker hey, Punisher. Hey, man. Yeah. Get out of my face, dude. Yeah. Okay, so that the follow up question to that would be, uh, first of all, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Tech Tech Punisher sounds like a Fear Factory song. <laughs> Yes. Hey, so that said, what's an appropriate way to be approached? Like, and, and like, would you have any advice for people to maybe we can help eliminate some of that punishing in the area? Like, what's a good way that somebody comes up to you? What's a bad way? Maybe give us an example or two for people who don't know. All right. Yeah. You have to, first of all, you have to atone for your past punishment. <laughs> And I've done this in multiple occasions because I realized that I was being a punisher. So I remember, I remember when podcast first started up, somebody was like, you got to do a podcast. You got to do a podcast. And I'm like, what is it? Just fucking explain to me what it is. It's like a radio show. And I was like, well, that I like because then you don't have to go and like, you, you don't have people commenting on, you know, your shirt that you wore and your haircut and this whole like that's the weird thing once you're on tv once youtube shows or oh it's you're you're just like did you watch the video what do you care about what's in the fucking background did you live that's why podcasts are great because you not you don't have all these distractions because people are so distracted they miss the fucking point it's like on instagram when you post a fucking photo of the show and they go the crowd's really lame it's a still photo yeah. what do you what do you want to like what do you want there to be like waves of movement to to prove <laughs> that they were moving are you fucking, you're out of your mind so people are so out of their mind that they don't they might not realize right. their past punishment yeah so then so this this dude was like he worked at our old label he's like this is years ago i mean this has to be like seven eight years ago maybe even ten years ago he's like you gotta get on joe rogan's podcast it's big 
Now, this is back then. This is years ago. I didn't even know what the podcast was. So I go out for this fight. I fly out. I see this fight. But I had to get back because it was around the holidays. And my girlfriend was like, "You, I can't believe you're going to watch this shit. This is bullshit. I'm like, you don't understand. These guys, this is the only time they're going to fight. I'm flying to Vegas and I'll, I'll get on the first flight out. Like, you have 5 a.m. Yeah. So, so I'm walking behind this guy. And I see this guy and I'm like, this guy is built. Like, he's like as wide as this TV. And I'm like, and he's like walking like he's like a, like he's like a fucking gorilla. And I'm like, who is this guy? And I look, it's Rogan. I'm like, <laughs> and so I'm like, wait. He, so I text my guy from my label. They're three hours ahead. He's like, yo, you got to hit him up. They passed. They, the producer doesn't know who Hatebreed is, doesn't know who you are. They said they don't want you on the show. They, they passed on you. I was like, all right, cool. Then I started thinking, oh, wait, this is borderline Punisher hey, territory. Hey, man. He just hey, commentated man. the fights yeah. last night. It's, he was obviously up late. He's doing the same thing as me. Get out early, get home, right? So I thought, all right, I'm just gonna make it quick. So I make the approach and I can tell within like the first like 15 seconds of the thing that he thought I was a punisher. It's time to check out. Right. right, and so I said, well, I'm in this band and um, we're called Hatebreed, and then he changed. Then his then his demeanor changed a little bit, and he goes, he goes, no, it wasn't like any, it wasn't positive. It just was an acknowledgement. Like it just was, it was like, oh, right on. Oh, yeah, I've heard of Hatebreed, and I and I was like, yes, I don't really know. Like, the you know, your producer passed, and that's cool. But like, if we could ever work it out, that'd be great. I would love to, and then and meanwhile, I have no idea what it is because if I had an idea. I would have changed my whole interaction up. Yeah. So it depends. Are you trying to create an opportunity for yourself? Then you need to do research. And you need to have your story straight and you gotta have your bull, it's, they call it an elevator pitch. Right. So I did it wrong because then I go home, or no, I get on the flight and I start listening to it. And it's like fucking scientists and PH talking about doing mushrooms out in the forest. And it's, and I'm looking through all the different guests and there's nobody from any bands. Yeah. Nobody. I think the one at that time was maybe like Everlast, who I had met once or twice. And I was like, right. And I'm thinking, no wonder, like it must look so stupid. Like, like if some, that's like a PhD coming to me from some university and going, hey, can I come on your podcast? I'd be like, well, that's not really like what I do. So, so anyways, I felt foolish, but he was cool. Everything was cool, but I was probably being a punisher. So now when I'm said, when I'm told, hey, this person passed, like this happened for a radio show on Sirius. So I saw the guy and I confronted him at the Ozzy premiere, but I, I had listened to a show a bunch, so I knew what the show was. And then next morning I got the call and I got to go on the show and it was great. And so, but he did say, not the next morning, like whatever, a week later, but I, I listened the next morning and he said on the show that he met me, but he didn't say I was a punisher. So I knew my pitch was probably- So study before you punish. Right, have your pitch, have your pitch down. So if you saw Sylvester Stallone, right? Let's go through it. So say you want, say you, you want to get Sylvester Stallone on the station. So you got your one chance. You, you know what, what would your pitch be? You got to go 
I love this skate plan. You gotta go with the one that no one else loved. Exactly. Especially the Copland was the <laughs> You have to, you have to. But it's about his most recent one. Especially, I mean, does that have anything to do with like your most recent album you're trying to pitch to or like, cause does that light a, light a thing in your mind? You're like, or does that have anything to do with it at all? I had a friend who, who, who knew I had a bad experience with Brewstick and sitting on Headbangers Ball. Yeah, I've always heard this story. And, and he said to me, I had a really bad experience with, with, with Bruce Dickinson too, but don't tell this to anybody, whatever. So I won't name the name. But when he changed the conversation the next time around, I said, this was my advice to him. I said, change the conversation to something that he loves, that he's interested in, and then you won't be a punisher. And he did. He changed the conversation to being about planes. And he loves these fucking like World War planes or whatever. whatever. So all of a sudden he brightened up and fucking all of a sudden he's, he didn't feel like he was being punished. Right. Give him something to talk about that he gives a shit about. Right. So if I saw Stallone and I wanted to make the hard pitch, I would say, hey, we had a song in Triple X. I don't know. What if he hates Vin Diesel? He could be like, fuck them. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You don't know. You got to. Slapped the taste out of Vin Diesel's mouth one time. That was a hard scene, though. The avalanche scene with Hatebreed, I will be heard. That was, like, epic, dude. Now, we tried with Escape Plan. I'm not kidding you. I hit up the, I hit up the, I hit up the director. The director is down for the core. He knew it. And he almost, he almost had a spot. What a weird small He almost had a spot. So you got to go for your shot. You got to take your shot. And you got to do it. But you just got to do it right. Do it right. Yeah. Do it correctly. All right, man. You're always busy. We were talking about that earlier. Podcasting, doing the band, doing full, uh, doing tour. What are you working on right now? Oh, we're doing pre-production right now for Elisa White Glaz. Um, she has a solo album coming out next year, so we're doing pre-production on that. And then we're gonna, we might do another D nice. album, like yeah. a part two. That's awesome. Cause he's kind of coming around to the other songs and other ideas we had. We and you hooked him with the one and, and how successful it was. Yeah, yeah. You got to do the pitch. You never know because I've had a wait. I've had a lot of pitches. Perfect pitch right there. I've had a hundred pitches on the podcast that I've pitched that never amounted to anything. But they so so with the D thing, it was re, it was leaning really thrash, and the record sort of changed at the last minute. Well, not at the last minute, but towards the end where we brought in like John Moyer's song. We brought in a song that kind of was like a Mark Morton song, but we changed it to make it kind of fit Dee's voice better. And those songs ended up getting like really, a really good response. So, but there was like these thrashier ones that were like really pissed. Like we had this other one called like, Howard wrote the lyrics, it was called like Harder to Kill or something. It was like real generic thrash and it was hard, but he was like, no way. So now we're trying to like steer the next one to go a little heavier. Nice, so you're trying to gently Push him in that direction. Let's get some like uh, Cannibal Corpse with D. Snyder vocals. <laughs> Not that heavy, although he did he did really you know go with some really heavy vocals that were out of his wheelhouse, like on "I Am the Hurricane." That's him. That. Yeah, that's he, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for playing it. We 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 saw that he could really do that, and now the songs are popping live where people want. It's weird. You never see like a classic artist like that. You go to his Facebook, and people are like, "I really hope you're playing new songs at this show." You never heard that. Yeah, it's always the old stuff. Yeah, and he'll call me, be like, "Did you see? Did you see?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's fucking crazy." Yeah. So it's cool. That's one of my favorite things I've seen this in 2018. That's cool. It's Thanks. So, so cool to see that. It's gonna work out. I wanted to do it with originally. I wanted to do it with Sebastian Bach, and um. It was pitched like I think in 2011 and then it didn't happen. I used one of the songs on my Jost album and then the rest went into a hard drive. 
So I'm, I was even looking at some of those ideas and thinking, man, maybe D will do that for his second album. But yeah, we'll see. And then I have a, another Joss album that I'm trying to finish, but I might not have time. Yeah. So it might get pushed. Deck, nice, dude. Yeah, I got a lot of I got a lot of songs together, but we'll see because we got the Hatebreed 25th anniversary next year. So we're awesome. That'll last. And what about a new Hatebreed record? Yeah, I, you know what? I, Nuclear Blast wants one, but um, I think with the 25th anniversary, people are gonna want to see kind of like a retro sort of set and tour. So, which is fine. We'll do that. Like, we're not like... But you always mention on the podcast how you're always pushing forward. You don't like to look back and, like, nostalgia. You're not into that. Right, but nostalgia sells so That's well <laughs> that that point. will help me make yeah. decisions. Like, that will help... That'll help you fund the next record. Yes. Yeah, so it's okay to appease that part of people. We saw that you with... Don't get stuck in it. Right. Um, we, we make a joke. Like, we have a joke because online you know people will say like play this old song someone was saying play killing addict for denver for the denver show play killing addict play killing addict it's not even like our it's if you look on spotify there's no songs from our first uh album or our first ep like even in the top like 50 songs it's gonna sound weird live if it doesn't sound like crap though on the like the record <laughs> right exactly oh, hey. so we busted it out and you know it makes like two people and the rest of the audience stands there they don't know what to do they're yeah. like what is this then it makes two people so happy that it's worth it. Yeah. So you go, yeah, they're stuck in 1995, <laughs> and God bless them, because we, you know, because it's it's only a minute and a half. Yeah. We can do that for you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's not we're, we're people. People have I call it like the bubble. You get trapped in the bubble where you believe whatever you're reading in the bubble. So if someone goes on Twitter and they go. Paper didn't play any old songs. They weren't at the show. That's just what they believe because they're trapped in a bubble because that's what they read on Twitter, but that's not true yeah. because we've always played the old songs. It just happens that those songs kill the vibe because nobody knows them. But, right, like we did, like we do a tour where we said 20, 20 years of satisfaction and the tour was so well attended even though no one knew any of those songs you had the two guys come out of mosh retirement which was fun we all got bad knees right bad but nobody knew the songs which was hilarious because we were like and then we announced this tour and we put it on sale and it's like sold out in chicago sold out in baltimore so and we're like this is awesome and then we're playing the songs and the vibe is so dead and then we go into looking down the barrel of today yeah. and the people are singing every word yeah. they're killing each other but so so you have to kind of you have to play the game of nostalgia but don't really get stuck in there all right. right on, man. All right, so one of our favorite questions to ask, we ask this of everybody up and down the line. And if you can show us, pick a scar on your body and tell us how the story about how you got it, man. Okay, so this scar on my, my head right here, I don't know, can you still see it? I've had, I had multiple. Can you see this one on my eye? Yeah, right in your eyes. Okay, so I was just talking about this the other day because I'm trying to get rid of all my stuff in storage. And I'm trying to uh, just not have so much stuff we had all these wheels for the cabs yeah and i'm like where the fuck are these wheels where the fuck are these wheels and and couldn't find them couldn't find them so whatever we gave up 
and then we're doing we're blowing out everything for the mail order for the D album. So we put on a bunch of CDs on sale, a bunch of Jossa shirts, Hateware, and uh, D's pre-orders went crazy, and we yeah. was it was awesome. We I even went and filled pre-orders myself. That's it was awesome. it was so fun. I sat there with D. He signed all the fucking records. It was great. We had a really good time. We listened to music. I stayed up one night when D flew home. I stayed up with a, my buddy Chris. Shout out to Chris. We stayed up and we just packed all the orders because I really told D. I was like, everybody's gonna get this record before street day they're gonna show they're gonna we're gonna over deliver yeah i said we're gonna put in even if you didn't order a sticker you're getting a sticker if you didn't order a patch you're getting a patch so we really yeah so and so when i was up there looking for the crap i remembered whatever like last year or the year before i'm up there looking and i see these this box and i go to grab it and this wheel flies out and it's like slow motion like and just bashes me yeah and it's and i thought nothing of it whatever didn't go to get stitches and then i i it got infected then i had to go and they had to like they had to like scrape the whatever staff or whatever yeah and then they just gave me two stitches or whatever but yeah but um so now i don't now my new thing is i want everything at like like neck level nothing higher like nothing lower than the knees and nothing higher than like the neck eyeball line right on man well uh thanks for giving us so much of your time uh any last words for the northwest audience just thanks everybody this you know we've i guess our new theory is if you stay out of certain places then you create like it's uh distance makes the heart grow fonder so both us and guar our lowest attended shows like the last couple tours were always pacific northwest and now for this tour the two shows that are going to be sold out are seattle and portland like over a thousand people so thank you to everybody everybody. yes (laughs) and go out to hate shows buy their shirts support their music and uh listen to the joss the podcast can you plug that real quick to let everyone know where to where to find it yeah it's on uh there's always the current 15 are always on itunes soundcloud stitcher and everything and then the um the archives if you want to subscribe it's gasdigitalnetwork.com i just ask that you use the code josta and that helps me because i have some stake in the in the network but yeah um and get your boner pills at blue chew yes i hopefully blue chew is going to renew we will see they, 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 I'm going actually I'm going on a live podcast Wednesday on Legion of Skanks I'm going on at they're doing it at the comedy store in LA and I think Blue Chew is going to be there so hopefully that meeting I got a pitch for I got a pitch for the Blue Chew guy nice. yeah like I think I think we need to do no I think we need to do like Blue Chew for the D pre-order nice like, <laughs> right all you old metalheads you're a genius right like put the blue chew in with the pre-order this album is hard yeah. this album is hard and you can be too yes right see there's a new slogan yeah that's awesome right. jamie joseph from hate breed it's metal shop on the rock this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.